0: My name is Martha, and I am the mother to a child with Down syndrome. Um, I think my journey with Down syndrome started in elementary school, which is kind of weird. Um, I remember all the like special needs kids, if you will, being kind of secluded yeah, um, and always kind of seeing them just in one classroom. And I always thought that that was weird. Um, and I always kind of saw, like, other kids being, like, scared of them. Because um, I feel
1: like, too, it almost draws attention, like, when you yeah. have a group of kids in another class that you know they aren't a part of, like, the whole group. Yeah. Yeah, Yeah. I agree and, and I remember was, that, too, in high school. And yeah, stuff.
0: and it was also kind of like, oh, like, we never interacted with them outside of, like, if we saw them in the hallway passing by. Because even during lunchtime, they would I, – I don't know if they would, like, get it before or after or whatever, but they never had, like, lunch – with everyone else like they never did everything with everyone else um and I always thought that was weird but again like I was like little I really don't remember much about that and then middle school came and it was the same thing kind of like they had a hallway now at this point um all the special needs kids and it was weird because we never would go down the hallway like it was like a thing that like you would just go all the way around instead of going down there um and then in eighth grade we had to do like a exit project um And I remember my teacher at the time, Mr. Jackson, was like, oh, um, you know, we usually do like a classroom exit project, makes it easier on everybody, like you guys don't have to like, you know, pick one individually, and we kind of just work on it all year. Um, And our project was um, interacting with the special needs kids, and what this meant was going to their classroom and like doing activities um, and just like hanging out with them, which like Again, it was like a thing like it was unheard of right. to, you know, go into these classrooms and hang out with with these kids. Um, and in that project is when I first interacted with someone with Down syndrome. Um, it was it was cool. It was cute. It was you know, they looked forward to it, too. Like they had like a set schedule and they would look forward to hanging out with us. So fast forward a couple years, um, we work with this family and um there was the mother-in-law and the daughter-in-law. Daughter-in-law's pregnant. Um, you know, everyone's, like, excited. We're all, like, looking forward to meeting the baby. Um, and then one day, um, her mother-in-law um, kind of, like, opens up to us and lets us know that um, baby girl isn't as healthy as they thought, Um And I remember around this time as well, my mom was going through a miscarriage. She had just gone through a miscarriage. And on a drive home, I don't know why we were in the car together, but we were. And she goes, um, the baby has Down syndrome. And I remember seeing her cry. And at that point, I guess because I had seen my mom cry over losing a child, I kind of was very dismissive and was kind of just like, well, at least she's having a baby, like, you know, like, my mom would would kill to have had, you know, the baby and not, you know, kind of like, again, very dismissive. Um, Little did I know (laughs) that in a few years that was going to be me. Um, And I remember again just thinking like how could you you know like cry about like a baby like you know regardless the baby is going to be okay and like you know they're doing everything to kind of because um, she had other you know like health issues and you know the doctors are doing everything for her to you know be born and be fine and be healthy and you know make it I guess you could yeah. say um and so that's kind of where the journey started. These are kind of like now that I think and look back on, I'm like all these moments in my life were kind of in a way of preparing me. Right. And again, little did I know that that was going to be my journey in motherhood. Um, so when <laughs> I first got pregnant, it was um, right at the beginning of COVID. Um, everything shut down and I literally got pregnant that the week that everything shut down um fast forward 2 months and i finally realized that i'm pregnant um cuz i didn't find out we didn't find out until i was about almost 2 months um and so you know like it was very nerve-wracking very like nervous cuz i'm like i don't think i'm like ready like it's a little human like it sounds all cute and stuff until you're like actually like oh like shit i'm pregnant right, exactly. you know exactly
1: i don't think anyone's ever I mean, some people are probably ready, but I don't think most people are actually ever like, I am ready oh, for this and oh, I'm fully no, prepared. Yeah. No,
0: no. Because I even remember thinking like, oh, like, you know, cute babies, like cute outfits, baby fever. But then once I saw pregnant on the pregnancy test, I was like, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> like, no. Mind. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, this is scary. Like, I can't do this. Um. So whatever, you know, like appointments were backed up. I ended up not going to my ultrasound appointment until I was probably like almost three months. Um, so I go to my ultrasound appointment and they offer what is called the NIP2 test. Okay. And that's just like a genetic testing that they offer to everyone. Um, I think what also kind of made it hard for me with my appointments was because it was like during COVID, I was going by myself. So I, it's not like I could take my mom and be like, Hey mom, like, do I take this test? Or like, Hey mom, like, what do I say to this?
1: And how early on do they offer that test? Is that like right away or do you have to wait? until a certain
0: i think right away okay i think the only reason why i got it until i did was you know because because i've heard from other moms too okay. um that you know they got that test offered and they also i think get that test offered because of i think they also get that test offered because um you can find out like the baby's gender okay early with the blood mm-hmm. test um, so whatever I said, yeah to the test, um, thinking nothing of it, you know, I'm like, I'm healthy, you know, like my boyfriend's healthy, like it's fine. They also, during that ultrasound, they did like a measurement that they do with like from like the top of, or the bottom of their head to like the bottom of their neck. And like, I think like that's like the first indicator, um. And that was that came out fine. The nurse was like, "Oh, like you know, that measurement came out fine. Like you should be good to go. But like you know, if you want to find out the gender, like you could also do that." I'm like, "Okay." And they were like, "Oh, it also like if the baby were to have spina bifida, then we would be also able to tell." I'm like, "Okay, cool." I'm just saying yes. Mm -hmm. Like I hear, "Okay, do you want this test?" I'm like, "Yes." Just yeah, let me know now. Yeah, like yeah. Um, And it was more because just again, it's like my first pregnancy. I you know like I want everything to be okay, but never again in my mind. I think anything of it
1: and how long did you get pregnant after hearing about your family friend oh it was years okay so it was a pretty big gap yeah okay
0: yeah it was like six years and mind you in this time um I don't want to say I was a part of that uh little girl's life but I would you know see her mom post Mm -hmm. on Facebook Mm -hmm. and like um kind of have them like I would see them go through like some health issues but always kind of seeing them like pull through and just you know like like fighters i guess you could say and 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 celebrate her and i always thought that was like the coolest thing um so whatever i get that test done and i want to say like about a week or so later i'm out um i took my mom to the grocery store um and when she's hopping back in the car um i get a call And it says, you know, like, the hospital that I was going to, I pick up. I'm like, oh, like, hey. And they're like, oh, we want to speak to Martha. I'm like, oh, this is she. And she goes, "Um, oh, I have your test results. And I say, okay, but don't tell me, like, what gender I'm having. (laughs) And she's probably like, girl, you have bigger things to worry about. Um, And she just goes, "Um, your son probably has Down syndrome. And I just remember screaming um, I remember like completely losing my shit and my mom kind of just sitting there, um, like, what's wrong? Like, what's going on? What happened? And I I really I just remember screaming. I remember crying really loudly and just not being able to even tell my mom what was going on. Um and so when she says that, I'm like, what do you mean? Like, no. And she goes, Yeah, so when do you want to terminate? And when I heard those words, like that was even like another kind of like slap in the face in the moment. And I just I just hang up on her. And my mom's like again next to me, just still freaking out. Cause she's like, What's going on? Like, is everything okay? Like, are you okay? Like, what's wrong with the baby? And I just like, I'm like, mom, like he has Down syndrome. Um, and her too, she kind of like now starts freaking out. So we're both freaking out at this point. And I'm just like crying. Um gather myself after a few minutes and I drive home and at home was um, my son's other grandma too and she sees me come home crying and so she's like what happened like what's wrong What what happened with the baby um and I'm like oh they told me that he probably has down syndrome well at this point I know that it was a he but you know I was like the baby probably has down syndrome and she kind of just stares at me and kind of like Tears start to, you know, um, fill her face, and I remember kind of in that moment also f- having it feel like a blur because after that I don't remember like much of the day. Um, I do remember that I called my boyfriend and he was at work at the time, um, and being, you know, like freaking out a little bit. And he was like, "What happened? What's wrong? Like, do you need me to come home? Like, what's going on?" And I'm like, "They just called me and they said that um, um, the baby probably has Down syndrome," and. Again, I don't even remember how the conversation went. I just remember him kind of being like, no, like, that's not true. Like, they probably just have to tell you that. Like, um, kind of just kind of like he was trying to remain like, I guess, like strong for me and not really trying to show his emotions, which is kind of like later on in our parenting journey, something that came up a lot. Um, so, yeah, that day, it, it just felt like a blur. Um, and then after that, what we started kind of doing was like avoiding the conversation of that um we are very much into like energy and like um um what do we call like words of affirmation and just like affirmations and you know things like that and so what we started doing is writing an affirmation every morning saying like you know like our baby's healthy our baby's healthy our baby's healthy like he's fine he's fine he doesn't have down syndrome not necessarily in those words but kind of like kind of um forcing ourselves to kind of like putting positivity out there to hope for that yeah yes I understand yes um and so that also was um something that now looking back on probably wasn't like the best thing to do well I think that why you probably did that and the issues around that is that
1: they call you and they tell you this mm-hmm. without any other information. Oh, yeah. Without any steps of like, okay, here are your options. Here are some things that could help. Here's information. And you didn't have that. Like, they basically said, here's what's happening and when do you want to terminate? Like, mm-hmm. they didn't – They and by saying that, they're basically telling you it's too wrong to even go forward. Mm-hmm. So it makes – you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's just
0: – yeah. And it makes it hard. It w- I think what made it harder for me, too, was that I was, like, a first-time mom. Right. And in my head, I also thought, like, I'm too young to have a child with Down syndrome. Like, I think a misconce- misconception that everyone has is, like, oh, like, kids with Down syndrome are only born to mothers who are older, like, dads who are older. Um, so, in my mind, it just did not make sense. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, like, no one in our family has Down syndrome. Like, there's no way. So, there was nobody, like, on either side No. Okay, wow. No, no. No. Um, and so um, we're, you know, kind of in a way praying it away because then also like my, my parents, um, my mom especially is a little bit more religious. Um, everyone was praying. <laughs> everyone was just like praying and like saying like, no, like, you know, like you guys are healthy. And that's all we would hear from our like immediate friends that we kind of like told um, the like, I guess like the diagnosis mm-hmm. too. Like, no, there's no way. Like you guys are both healthy. Like you guys have no history of it. You guys are young. Um, and so kind of that was what like my pregnancy was like, I was trying to avoid it. And if I would think about it, I would just cry.
1: Yeah,
0: um, it was very, very scary. Um, so fast forward a couple months, I go to another ultrasound appointment. And they're like, well, you know, like, we do have a more accurate test that you could take. Um, and looking back, I probably shouldn't have taken it. Because at that point too, what, what we had spoken about me and my boyfriend were like, that doesn't make a difference like we are going to have this child and regardless of whatever, um, it's going to be fine. Like, you know, like it wasn't going to make a difference, but there I go, like not listening and I took the test and they were like, oh, you know, like this is more accurate. Um, I take the test, um, the same genetic counselor calls me back and it's just like, there's um, a 96% chance that your son has Down syndrome. When do you want to terminate?
1: So she said the same thing. Yeah, wow.
0: literally the same thing. And, and that, that day I was just home by myself. Um, and I remember like saying like, why do you keep saying that to me? And she goes on a tangent of like, well, your son might not be able to talk, walk. You're going to have to take care of him for the, um, the rest of his life. At this point, again, we didn't know, but you know, she was saying like, oh, like the baby, you're going to have to take care of the baby for the rest of his life. Um, be self-sufficient. Um, so when do you want to terminate? And in that point, I was kind of just like, I was like over it. I'm like hearing all these things. And again, it's like making me freak out because as a mom, when you hear like, you know, like your son or your daughter is never going to be able to do these things. It like it sucks. Like it's you heartbreaking. Don't, yeah. 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 Like you don't. It's like a, a part of like parenthood, not just motherhood, like, but a part of parenthood that nobody really talks about. And so um, I hang up the phone again and I'm just like, I'm I'm not answering a call from her ever again. It's fine. Like there's still no way in my mind, even though I heard that 96 percent, I was like, no, that's not. No, that's not true. Um, I'm just going to avoid it. I'm just going to ignore it. I'm just going to pray. And there's no way that God would do this to me. Still kind of seeing it as a punishment. Because there was also a point where I would say, like, you know, like, what did I do? Like, what could I have done in my life to have this happen to me? Um, Now, fast forward, I like also realized how wrong that was of me to think like, you know, that having a child with Down syndrome was like a punishment. Um, But again, hearing all these like negative things and not really hearing like, oh, you know, like this is like a support group that you could talk to or like this is a mom that you could connect with kind of had those thoughts in my mind. And not just mine, too. Like, my boyfriend's, like, my whole family for a bit was, like, on edge. So I get the results from that test back. But – and everyone knew that I had taken that test again. So everyone's asking me, like, did you get the results back? I'm like, yeah. Emmy's um, are uh, the baby's fine. Cool. My mom at that point – So you didn't tell them that they no, said, okay? No. At that point, I was kind of, like, keeping it to myself. It was just me and my boyfriend – that like knew what was going on fully i was kind of just like the baby's fine um and when everyone heard the baby's fine everyone's like okay like uh, like he doesn't have down syndrome like he's he's fine um so throughout my pregnancy again i would go through days where i had this like thought in my head like she said 96 percent 96 percent and i would cry i i cried a lot during my pregnancy um and i felt like too because of the diagnosis and like the way that it was presented to me i didn't really get to enjoy it as much as i should have which i had like the best pregnancy like he was such like he was the best like baby in my tummy tummy because he had me feeling the prettiest i've ever felt Aww. um i the only thing that i struggled with was brushing my teeth because the smell of toothpaste was like it tasted like raw meat to me. It was smelled like raw meat to me. It was, like, the weirdest thing. But that was it. I felt pretty, like, I, you know, was active. Like, I was still, you know, doing my everyday things. Like, I see some women that are, like, oh, I had the roughest pregnancy. Like, I felt so bad. Like, I just wouldn't be able to do these things. And I'm, like, oh, like, this is so good. Like, I can be pregnant, like, 10 more times if this mm-hmm. is what it's like, you know? Um, So fast forward to... um. Around Christmas time, because he is like a holiday baby. Um, the twenty, his due date was the twenty sixth, and so around the twenty fifth, twenty sixth of December, I kind of stop feeling him move as much, and so I'm a little worried. But I, you know, look it up and I read, and I'm like, oh, okay, like I, I think it's like normal because he is getting bigger, he's running out of room. Okay, cool, like it's fine. But then um, on the twenty sixth, like around nighttime, he was a very, very active baby. And so I completely like stop feeling him move. I'm like going up the steps. I'm like drinking something cold, like all the things that they tell you to do. And he's just not moving as much. And that night I was barely able to sleep because I just wanted I kept wanting to do things to make him move. So come the 27th, I call my um, my OBGYN and I'm like, hey, like my son's just like maybe he's just not moving as much. And she goes, okay, like, do you want to do these, these, and this? And I would, do you want to do um this and this and this? I'm like, okay. She's like, if that doesn't work, like um, call me back. And I hung up the phone and my boyfriend goes, it's like, you don't want to wait, do you? And I'm like, no. I'm like, I already, I already tried all those things. Like, he he moves a lot, babe. Like, like this is not, it's not normal. Like, you know, I know his due date was yesterday. Like, let's just go make sure that everything's okay. So we drive to the hospital. We don't even take our our bags like we don't take anything we're just like vibing we're yeah. like we're gonna go see that the baby's okay and that's fine and you know he's gonna come when he's when he comes so we drive to the hospital and they immediately take me in and they strap me up until like to i guess like see the heart rate and stuff um and they pull out the ultrasound machine and for a second my heart kind of stopped because i was like what if there's no heartbeat because my mom also um, had gone through something like that where, you know, she um, had um, her entire pregnancy and then by the time she got to deliver, she had a, a stillbirth. And so that was like also another um, very scary thought. And I we hear the heartbeat and we're kind of like, oh, thank God. Um, so we hear the heartbeat and they're like, OK, like, you know, kind of like they bring the midwife in um, and the midwife goes like, we're going to have to induce you. And. I'm like freaking out because also during my pregnancy, I had this um, thought of like, I want to do everything naturally. Originally, I wanted to have him like at home in like a pool Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, um, that didn't work out. So I I wanted everything to kind of happen naturally. I wanted my contractions to come on their own. I wanted everything to just happen on its own. So when she tells me that, I kind of start freaking out again. And my boyfriend goes like, oh, well, you know, like we wanted to do something naturally and, you know, and she goes, if you were like my daughter or my sister, I would not let you leave this hospital because if you leave this hospital and like something happens to the baby, you know, like I wouldn't want to have that like on, you know, like you would have to sign some papers and so when she said that, I was like, oh, shit. Like, and did they tell you why?
1: Yeah. So okay. his
0: his heart rate was um, dropping way low. Like, okay. I think it was going from, like, the 150s to, like, 60, 80. And is that why
1: you weren't feeling him as much? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. got
0: it. Yeah. So I guess at that time, too, they had realized, like, it wasn't like he had the umbilical cord wrapped around him. It was just his heart rate was dropping. And so I go, okay, like, she's like, you know, we can just induce you. Like, um, we can have it move. Um, as naturally as possible so I'm like okay like let's do it and in this moment I'm like oh shit like I'm gonna have this baby and all the thoughts kind of start coming back like like am I like ready like I'm scared <laughs> like what if it hurts like what if it hurts you know yeah. Um, like am I prepared that like my birth has prepare me for this like am I gonna be able to do without an epidural so whatever we go into the room they induce me at 10 45 um and at this point, like, we had written a birth plan, um, because that was one thing I was very adamant about, like, I want, I want everything to kind of go as naturally as possible, and I kind of want things to go, like, my way, because this is my birth, um, like, my birth, my labor and delivery, and my nurse comes in, and, you know, he's, like, the best, And he goes, oh, like you know, you're gonna be here for days, mama. And I'm like, no, like I, I, I hope like I have the baby like before you leave. And he goes, no, like you're a first time mom, like you're probably gonna be here for three days. I'm like three days, (laughs) like that's scary, you know. And so um, they induce me, and I kind of start feeling kind of just like cramps, like super mild. I'm just like I'm chilling. They bring me like chicken tenders. I'm like eating. I'm vibing. (laughs) And we're like, we're going to be here for three days. Cause at this point they had told me, you know, like it does take a while. I was like zero centimeters dilated. Um, and then out of nowhere they just come, the contractions just come. And literally my boyfriend was like the best (laughs) partner helping me with all of it, like all through it. Because if you look at pictures of me, like during my labor and delivery, I just look like I'm sleeping. And it was all because he was, like, supporting me. I was kind of, like, putting into plan, like, all my, like, um, my labor stuff from my labor and delivery class. And so everything's going great. And so then out of nowhere, I feel like I have to use the bathroom. And throughout my whole pregnancy, his um, my boyfriend's mom would tell me, like, once you feel like you have to go number two, like, it's going to be time. And I felt that. But in my mind, it never, like... And I I was just like, I need to go to the bathroom. That that doesn't happen. I, you know, hop back into bed uh, after trying to go to the bathroom. And then I feel like I pee myself. I'm like, babe. (laughs) All embarrassed. Like, I'm babe. Like, can you call the nurse? Like, I think they need to like change my bed. I think I like peed. He's like, okay. He calls the nurse. The nurse comes in and he like is looking at me. And I'm like, I'm like, Joe, I have to use the bathroom. He's like, I have to call the midwife. Give me one second. He like runs out. Literally two seconds later, the midwife and like a bunch of nurses come in. Cause at this point, I don't even think that they were ready for me to give birth right. because you know they're like, Oh, she's she's gonna be here a couple of days. Um so I go, um, then the midwife checks me, and she's like, You're nine and a half cm- centimeters, mom. Like it's almost time to push. So is that
1: your water breaking? Yeah. Okay.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my water like broke on its own and she goes, it's time, it's it's going to be almost time to push, but like you can't push yet. And at this point, my body was just doing it. Like I had literally no control over it. It was like the weirdest thing. And I'm like, I can't stop. And she's like, you can't push because you're going to tear. Um, Literally, I want to say maybe like five minutes later, my son was born. Wow. With like, it was like two just pushes of my own body, like just he like flew out.
1: <laughs> that so was it painful at all? No. Lucky you.
0: No. That is crazy. And how no.
1: how long was that after
0: they induced you? So, I was induced at 10:45 and he was born at 4:20. Okay. Mhm. So it was really quick. Yeah. And again, something that I wasn't prepared for because they were like, "Oh, you're going to be here for days." Like, this is going to be a while. They weren't even ready. For yeah. It. Um, so he flies out. And I don't hear him cry. Cause you know how like in the mm-hmm. movies you watch and you're yeah. like, Oh, like the baby's crying. I don't hear him cry. And I remember that they like try to put him on my chest. Um, and then they were going to let my boyfriend cut the umbilical cord, but then out of nowhere she goes, No, 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 Dad, like we have to work fast. Or like, I don't know what she said, but like she was kind of just like, No, you can't cut the umbilical cord. Um So they cut the umbilical cord, I guess, and they just move him over to, like, the little bassinet that they have. And I'm freaking out because I see all the nurses around him and I kind of, like, look at my boyfriend's face and, like, I don't feel like everything's okay. So I'm like, is he okay? Like, is he okay? Like, what's going on? I finally, like, my boyfriend's like, everything's fine. Everything's fine. At this point, like, I'm, like, giving birth to my placenta, I guess that's how you could say, like, you know, my placenta's coming out. They're, like, starting to, like, stitch me up and my my baby they're just just like everything's fine everything's fine and I feel that not everything is fine like I feel the energy I feel I feel I, I look at my boyfriend's face and it doesn't look like everything's okay but again he's like trying to keep it together for the both of us um so this is all also a blur they finally like put my son to like my face and I'm like oh my god like that is my baby like that is our baby like I have a baby um they kind of just put him to my face for a little bit and I'm like oh my god hi baby like you're so handsome he calms down because at that point he was like crying um and they rush him to the NICU and I had never heard of the NICU like again that's something that um isn't really talked about as much they rush him to the NICU and at that point my boyfriend's like do I stay like do I go I'm like please go with him like go and make sure he's fine I'm fine like please go with him Um, And so they're like stitching me up. They're getting me ready. And it's so crazy. He was born at 420. And the way like everything was happening, it literally felt like it was 10 minutes. But it wasn't till about like seven at night that I got to go downstairs and see him in the NICU. Um, And so we go and we see him and he's like in the little bassinet just with a diaper on. And again, in our in our minds of like first time parents, we're like, oh, we'll be out of here in two days. Like maybe he just, you know, like it was like a lot for him. Also, the you know how fast everything happened, um, and we still have these thoughts of like, yeah, we'll be home before New Year's. The nurse is like, no. The nurse is like, no. He needs he needs um he needs his lungs to get stronger, and like he, he's not doing he's not doing so hot.
1: And did they tell you why? Like, what caused that?
0: So forward um kind of like later on the doctor was telling that um telling me that he thinks that i was overdue okay mm-hmm. um he thinks that i was more than 40 weeks okay. at the time um and so my placenta was no longer nurturing him like got it like okay. it should have mm-hmm. like it had nothing to do with like the down syndrome it's okay. crazy because he he literally was not in the NICU because of his down syndrome he was in the NICU because of his lungs got it um and that i guess that also explains like the the heart um mm-hmm. the heart rate dropping um and like not being able to breathe on his own um so the NICU we were in the NICU for a month wow yeah yeah wow it went from me thinking like oh I'll be home for years um and I think in this entire journey that's been one of the hardest things for me because seeing your baby just, like, attached to, like, all these, like, breathing machines and, like, hearing constantly, like, oh, like, he's not doing fine. And um, there was, like, a machine that he was attached to that would monitor his heart rate. And I would constantly hear that going off. Because if it if it dipped too low, you know, like, the nurses could, you know, step in and kind of help him out. And I would constantly hear it go off. Um, even to this day when I hear, like, any kind of beeping sound like that, like, it kind of, like, triggers me a little bit. Um, and you
1: were sleeping there and staying there the whole
0: month? Yeah, also? Okay. I stayed there the whole month. Um, okay. The hospital that I gave birth in, um, thankfully, had this program called, like, nesting. And so if your baby was in an NICU, they allowed you to stay for free. Okay. They allowed you to stay in, like, one of the, um, not the laboring rooms, but, like, the one that you go after. As long as they didn't need a room, you could stay. And so... I stayed there for a month and because of COVID after I technically was um, like discharged, my boyfriend could no longer stay. So he was like going home and coming back, back and every board. day. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And again, because of COVID, nobody else was really allowed to come. It was just him and me basically in the hospital. Um, and that was probably like the most traumatic months of my life. Um, it was very, very hard. Like I cried every single day, all day, all day. Um, And it was harder, too, when I would see, like, parents um, go home with, like, their babies. And I would just stare out into the window and, like, watch parents leave all day. Um, And then seeing my boyfriend leave, too, at the end of the night or, like, whenever he had to, like, go home or work was very hard for me, too. And everyone, he would always tell me, like, you can come home. Like, he's going to be fine. I'd be like, no, I'm not leaving this hospital without him. Like, I, I can't do that to him. And so in my mind, I was just like, it felt eternal. Like that month literally felt eternal. Um, some days he was fine, some days he wasn't. And at that point too, um, the doctors had confirmed, you know, he does have a lot of markers um of Down syndrome. Um, we do need to do the genetic testing to fully medically confirm, but you're like at that point, you know, your son has Down syndrome. And it was funny because at that time, Down syndrome took like a backseat. It was more, like, I was worried about, like, is he going to be okay? Right, like, let's get him out of here. Mm-hmm. Like, I just, I wanted him home. Like, I wanted him out of there. But then I also knew that, like, it was better for him to stay there as long as, you know, he had to. Um, so, finally, um, we get to leave um, the NICU. And when we, when we come home, that's when um, another, like, very dark time um, starts. So, we come home and... For the first month, I guess, of his life too, like he was in the NICU. So when we come home, like family comes over, they get him like a cake to celebrate his one month and everything. We were like so extra now that I think of it, (laughs) getting him a cake. Um, But yeah, everyone's like excited. And now it's kind of when it starts to set in, like you have a child with Down syndrome. Um, And at the beginning, I didn't really realize that I was going through postpartum too. Because when I was in the hospital, they like would ask me questions like, and I would answer them and they'd be like, okay, no, like you, you don't have postpartum. Um, and it's so crazy to think that they would just be like, oh no, you don't. Mm-hmm. Like this girl who just gave birth to a child with Down syndrome who has nobody to connect with. Cause at that point I felt so alone. Like it sounds crazy, but I genuinely felt like I was the only person in this world with a child with Down syndrome. Like I felt I, like I was the only mom in this world that was going through what I was going through. Even though I was surrounded by other moms in the NICU, it felt very, like, lonely. Um, So for the first couple months, I would just lock myself in the room, in our bedroom. That's all I would do. And it wasn't until um, my boyfriend's mom said something like, oh, I don't even see him and he lives here, like, talking about our baby, that I was like, oh, like, I do that, like, it was it was kind of just like I wanted him to myself because I felt like in the NICU I wasn't able to like fully have him for myself, and then I also wanted so early on to like shield him from the world. I didn't want anybody to know that he had Down syndrome, and for the longest time, I just wanted to hide it. Um, family knew, you know, like some friends knew, um, but it wasn't something that I was like when you know you know like a baby's born, the a lot of uh, times moms and dads would be like, Oh, like, um, welcome baby. And like, you know, they post do like a cute little and like, post yeah. and everything. No, like I, nobody really knew that I had had my baby. Um, or what was like going on because I wasn't posting, I wasn't doing that. Um, and so the first year of his life, I cried every day. Um, it was very hard, especially when we started doing like therapies, um, they, have this thing called early intervention and it's basically a program where they do early intervention on services like speech, uh, physical therapy, um, occupational therapy, kind of to get ahead on, you know, like helping kids thrive, Um, whether it's, you know, like a pre-diagnosis or like autism, things of that sort. And so um, when I was in NICU, they connected me with like the services and he had his first evaluation. I want to say he was like two, three months. Um, and obviously when they're like babies, like they don't do much, whether they have Down syndrome or not, they kind of just like lay there. And so his first evaluation, they go, oh, you know, like he's not really that behind. And in my head, I'm still thinking then he doesn't have Down syndrome. Like there's no way he has Down syndrome and he isn't behind. Like, no. Um, And so, they, you know, they do the first evaluation. They, you know, he starts getting services. Um. And then we finally, after that, go to the Down syndrome clinic um, in Delaware. And so we go there for his first appointment. And that's basically where they were telling us, like, oh, you know, like all his specialist appointments, if you like it, you know, they, they can be here. Because at that point, he still needed to get his like lungs checked, his heart checked for, you know, all the everything that he kind of like went through at birth and like his first month. Um and then in that appointment too, they were telling us, we're going to be able to tell you like the results of the um, genetic testing. And in my mind, I still had like a little bit of hope, like, I don't think he has Down syndrome. Because then another thing too, that um, came apparent was like, oh, he doesn't look like he has Down syndrome. Um, Again, fast forward now, I'm like, oh, that's not the nicest thing to say to someone, you know. But in that time and point I just I kind of wanted to remain as hopeful as possible and to kind of just say like no there's no way because he doesn't look like he he doesn't you know he doesn't he doesn't um, he's not struggling with like these things Um, and so we go to that appointment um, and one thing that I didn't know beforehand is that there's three different types of Down syndrome so there's uh, trisomy 21 Um, there's translocation down syndrome which is what my son has Um, and then there's mosaic and so trisomy 21 it's just um i guess you could say like the normal um it's the most um, common one Um, and then translocation is basically when two of the chromosomes are attached and then there's like the single one and that's why there's three um and that can either happen just randomly or it can happen that the mom or the dad kind of carry those two chromosomes together. And so when they combine, um, every child that they have will have Down syndrome. Wow. Mm-hmm. So if you had
1: more children, it's is it like guaranteed that every single one? So
0: n- not necessarily. Okay. Um, only because um, I haven't gotten genetic testing done and neither has my boyfriend. Okay. We've been avoiding it for yeah. three years. Yeah. Um, and so, again, it can happen randomly or it can okay. happen because of that.
1: And then the three different types, sorry to interrupt you. No, you're fine. Does it vary, like, with, um, I guess, how it affects the children? Or is it all the same? It's just, like, different types of how they mm-hmm. actually got the
0: Down syndrome. Yeah, it's okay. just different kinds. I don't want to say, like, it's very different because okay. I also don't, like, I, I you really know, You only know, like, your experience. Yeah, okay, yeah. Got it. And so, um, mosaic is when only some of the cells have the third chromosome okay um and so we hear translocation and that honestly at that point too that was another thing that i was like just hoping to not hear because i had also done my research and i said you know like one of the parents can carry i guess you could call it the gene mm-hmm. um and so we hear that and there you go like another right. you know like something else added to yeah. my already like uh, already everything struggling what yeah you've Gone through yeah yeah everything was just piling on um and so when i hear that it was like very scary and it's still very scary now um but again we've just been avoiding the genetic testing
1: and when you're ready or you feel like you're ready Mm -hmm. to face that then you will but
0: you had a lot happen so like (laughs) it makes sense to give yourself a break yeah um and so it doesn't really make it uh, it won't i mean it will make a difference because honestly even though i love my son to death i don't think i could do that again Like, going through a diagnosis, going through, um, like, hospital stay. Because my son is also very, very healthy. Um, He doesn't have um, any heart issues, which is um, a thing that a lot of kids with Down syndrome do have. Um, He's just a very healthy kid. And so, because of that, I'm like, what if we have another child with Down syndrome and that child isn't as healthy? That's what scares me. It's not really the Down syndrome. It's more what is what comes with it right. and it not being as easy as it has been with yeah. emmy um so we get the diagnosis he starts going to um specialists and this is another thing too that is like hard because there's way more appointments we're at the beginning right there was way more hospital um appointments and and specialists and like is his heart okay can he hear okay can he see okay and that's, like, another thing that I'm not seeing um, other moms do. They're just, you know, like, posting their kids in cute outfits and stuff. And I think at this point, too, I haven't even, like, I guess you could say announced him, um, announced that he had Down syndrome. It wasn't until we got um, his newborn pictures. We, we got, like, family pictures taken. Um, and they came out so good. And I was like, how do I, like, not post these? Like, they're so beautiful. Like, he looks like like a little angel baby. Like So I posted um and I remember the caption is just like um Down Syndrome wasn't a journey we planned but we sure do love our tour guide um and so that's was the first time that I kind of let the world know right um and in that point in time I was still very like I still felt very alone
1: I was gonna say it's still fresh yes
0: I had nobody to connect with even though I had like a family friend that I could have spoken to about months prior and like kind of prepared I because I was ignoring the issue I didn't want to tell anybody else because I was ignoring the issue I was just like no like that's not going to be us. so why would I you know waste her time and my time talking to her um and so it wasn't until I kind of got back into social media that I start kind of I don't even know who was the first person I spoke to or who was the first person I connected to, connected with. Um, actually, I do. So I finally found um, a friend and it kind of um, happened because our kids were like rep babies. So they repped for little like uh, baby boutiques and stuff. And so I meet this mom and she has um, a sort of a set of twin girls and one of her twins has Down syndrome. And so I connect with her a little bit and we kind of start to talking. And at this point, her daughter is like two years older than my son. Um, So she was really the first person who I talked to about Emmy and like what I was going through. And she's like, I promise you it gets better. And I would see it, too, from other posts, like parents celebrating and like being happy and being so joyful. And I felt so guilty because I was just crying every day and I was sad no matter what. Um, I loved my child that was that was that wasn't a thing that I ever struggled with I love him I loved him since day one but it was still very hard to kind of accept that like in life he would struggle more
1: and I think that the issue if you really look at everything it's like growing up you saw that these children were mm-hmm. different and they're isolated and they're in different groups and it's like like you just said it it it's like you know that he's going to face different struggles. So that right there makes it sad and hard. And on top of it, when the nurse or whoever called and said, oh, when do you want to terminate? It's like all of these Mm -hmm. things are adding up of people just throwing to you that this is just nothing but negative, which is why I think it's hard to celebrate something because it makes it just seem so sad. Yeah. When like there was nobody in your journey that kind of said like, it's gonna be okay, or here's mm-hmm. what you can do. And it might be a little bit more challenging, but your baby's still healthy and there's still many things to celebrate. Yeah. But you kind of had to
0: learn that on your own. Yeah, for sure. Which is tough. For sure. And our family was super supportive. Yeah. Like, I remember uh, my boyfriend's cousin when we first, when he first told him, like, you know, like, oh, like he might have Down syndrome, he's like, so what? Mm-hmm. um I had, you know, people like my dad. My dad is very like positive and like, who cares he was like so like Mm -hmm. what does that mean like what does that change but because it wasn't coming from someone that was going through it and i still i firmly believe that nobody really understands like a special needs mom like another special needs mom because it's very different Mm -hmm. when i first connected with um this mom i felt seen Um, and it was the craziest thing because I didn't know her. Like, you know, she lives in like Arizona and I live in Jersey. And, you know, the only thing that at this point, um, I thought we had in common was just our kids rep. And then I come to find out that she has a daughter with Down syndrome. Um, And another thing in that community too, like all the, the boutiques and stuff that my son has rep for, oh my God, they have been so welcoming. And they have been like our biggest cheerleaders. My biggest, like one of my biggest support system, even though they all don't have like kids with special needs, they're always just like, um, you know, if I post my son and there's, like, a negative comment, oh, like, who are we fighting? Like, don't talk about Emmy, you know? Like, yeah. they've been very, very supportive. And when I vented to them, they've been very, like, open about, like, you know, like, we don't know what you're going through. We can't say we fully understand, but, like, we're here for you. Like, yeah. whatever you need, you know? And so that kind of community kind of opened up the doors to an ever even bigger community. And this was all through social media? Mm-hmm. Okay, it's mm-hmm. amazing. Yeah, so... Then because of um, this friend, I start kind of seeing more Down syndrome content (laughs) on my feeds and I come across a hashtag and it's um, the lucky few. And so I'm like, oh, my God, like, that's so cool. And I I'm still struggling, but because I'm seeing these kinds of things on social media, it's it's helping. I don't want to say it was easier. More comforting. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. And how long was this in? He, emmy was probably already like five six okay months. yeah and so i run into this hashtag um and i you know i start to see all this content on it um and it was um created and it started with um the avis family and they're a very well-known family in the down syndrome com- community um heather was the one that kind of like came up with it i guess you could say the lucky few. and she also came up with like it was it's like three arrows um and it's like the representation of um the three chromosomes the extra chromosome you know the three chromosomes um and so in this community i find even more comfort because i start seeing um moms i i start listening to her podcast and her podcast too at the beginning was very rough for me to listen to because i would constantly hear like them being excited or them celebrating and I still wasn't at that point in my journey. So again, that was also another time too that I felt alone because I was like, why can't I just celebrate my child? Like, why can't I feel the same way that they do? Why am I still crying? Like, um, why is this still so hard? And when that was also going on, I also was having some troubles with like my boyfriend because I felt like, why am I the only one crying? Why, like, why are you just so positive about everything? Um, And it wasn't until later on that he was like, you know, like, I cried too, but like, he felt like he needed to stay strong for the both of us. And so that even too, like, I was like, damn, like, here I am, like, thinking that he's not crying. Here I am thinking that he doesn't feel the same way when, you know, like, he's probably struggling with it more, but can't even show it because, you know, like, I can't even let him do that. Um, And so, again, just finding this community helped a ton more. I start connecting with like moms. I start, you know, seeing this like amazing content of like um, people with Down syndrome, like doing these amazing things. Um, and actually, too, it, it kind of a little bit started when we were in the NICU. Um, I don't know if it was like my boyfriend that found him or like how he found him. Um, but we learned about Chris Nickich. And Chris Nickich is a young man with Down syndrome. And he is an Ironman. And so an Iron Man is like a crazy triathlon. Um, and, you know, this kid is like sponsored by like Adidas. He's like doing all these cool things that you would never expect someone with Down syndrome to do. And that was also very comforting because I also was just like, oh, like my son can do it. Like, you know, he can do all these things that, you know, his typical peers are going to do. Um, and so, you know, Chris Nickage, his family, um, the Avis family kind of that community started being like my go-to and I kind of started flooding myself too with that content because I was like okay like this is helping it's helping a little bit you know like I was still very lonely but I wasn't crying as much like and I was oh, think it? it
1: opens your mind more. yes
0: yes because you start seeing and you're um another thing too that I was learning was like even if your son doesn't you know become an iron man or like you know special olympics athlete like he's still worthy Mm -hmm. um because another thing too in my journey that i've learned is like emmy is worthy regardless of what he does like emmy isn't like only worthy because he can walk emmy isn't only worthy because you know he can do these things that his typical peers can do he's worthy because he's him because he's emmy um and so that's another thing too that i've learned and um we've learned as a family you know like um even if Emmy never you know becomes like a famous soccer player like he's still going to be like the shit like yeah. you know like he's still going to be amazing and he's still thriving regardless of everything um and that's another th- a, a thing too that i've i felt like i've been fighting for other people to see his worth since before he was even born and it all started with a genetic counselor and I mean kind of being like i'm not terminating him like what do you mean um, and that's a, a thing too that a lot of parents of of kids not just with Down syndrome but of just um, any kind of like syndrome or any kind of like um, diagnosis deal with um, you know something like spina bifida too like I've connected with parents and they're like yeah like you know we were kind of just told to like terminate the pregnancy and so throughout this journey I've I've connected with so many parents and have been able to, you know, be a part of like really cool projects. Um, A couple years ago, we did a storytelling tour with the um, Lucky Few Foundation and we, you know, got to travel to North Jersey and, you know, take pictures and meet other families like us and just tell the story of Emmy um, and not necessarily tell the story of just him, but kind of like what he brings to our life and shout the worth of of not just him, but other people with Down syndrome. And I think throughout you know, these three years of him in our lives, it's really helped not just me, but all of us. Yeah, because we realize, you know, like there are other families out there um, like us. And even though some days are still rough, um, because to you know, be completely honest, there's still days that I cry um, recently. He he learned to walk this past summer. And so I was I remember just like any little thing that this kid does. I mm-hmm. just cry. Yeah. He learned to walk and I was like, yeah, like in her face, like that genetic counselor did not know, like, look at my baby, like, you know, walk and um, he's feeding himself. He eats like a grown man. And I'm like, she said like he was never going to be able to, you know, eat on his own. And I'm like, I wish I could just show her this mm-hmm. so that she knows to, you know, not kind of see a diagnosis by kind of what you see on Google, but like right. really see these kids and these people for what they are worth because they are worthy, you know um and and does that vary like with down syndrome like some kids
1: are able to walk and feed themselves and function i guess at a higher level than others or because like how she said that he he probably wouldn't be able to walk or eat on his own like does i guess that sometimes does happen with um, children with down syndrome do you
0: know or it varies just like me and you got it okay um, you know math can be easier to you it okay. can be harder to me got it that's the that's the way I I like to see it because okay. I I also know of you know like parents of kids with down syndrome that they grow up being nonverbal and okay. that's fine you know because again there's certain things that like you do that I can't do yeah. or there's certain things that I do that you can't do and things okay. like that like I so it just varies. Yes. Okay. Yes. And Understood. that's like with everything, you know. Okay. Um, You know, some kids learn to walk quicker. Some right. kids learn to talk quicker. Um, It just like, it varies. It's
1: just like crazy to me, though, that they would just kind of throw that out there. Of like, mm-hmm. oh, well, he probably won't be able to do these things mm-hmm. when there is such a huge chance that they can.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, Which yeah. Is- Just wild. Yeah, especially nowadays too. A lot of states have really good programs when it comes to, you know, like speech therapy, physical therapy. I just feel like it just bothers me because I just feel like if
1: you're going to be in a medical position and give that diagnosis to someone, the answer shouldn't be automatically. When do you want to terminate? And also, like I said mentioned before, there should be automatically before you even give birth resources and understanding and just to kind of prepare you and give you that open mindset prior to even giving birth so you're already preparing and having a better grasp and understanding around everything because I feel like if you had that maybe you wouldn't have felt so alone or so Mm -hmm. confused or so like like I said like it's almost like they handed this negativity to you they didn't give you a positive outlook on anything
0: yeah for sure and I do want to say like it's very different because I've talked to other moms and like families and stuff and they've received like, you know, like, Oh, you know, like my hospital had me connect with our local down syndrome association or like, you know, my hospital had me connect with this mom. um Like there's a ton of like resources so some do. out there. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I've also talked to moms who same story, you know, yeah. they, you know, hear this like pre, um, diagnosis and that's all they hear like you know like when do you want to terminate or they kind of like get pushed and that's also a reason why i think down syndrome is so rare like one in six kids are born with down syndrome i don't necessarily think it's because um it's just like that rare i think it's more because these women these families get pushed to terminate these pregnancies um like i believe iceland too like they're eradicating down syndrome so like i want to say like they don't even have i don't i don't i don't know exactly but i know um that's like a big thing in the community where like iceland is like a place where like you just terminate like you don't yeah um in a lot of countries actually that's what they'll do or if they do have these kids with down syndrome and they find out at birth they just give them up for adoption or you know which again everyone's like journey is different and I, as a mom, like, I understand, you know, there's certain things that, like, you might say, like, yeah, I just, I can't do it. I can't handle it. Um, But I think, too, because of society and the way that um, people are viewed, people with Down Syndrome are viewed, how it's perceived, they're not seen as worthy enough. They're not seen as just, like, enough human being to, you know, to matter, Um, which sucks because then this is also like a journey that I feel like it's just starting for us. Yeah. Our son is only three. Um, and I have also come to the realization that one day, Emmy isn't going to be the cute little kid with Down syndrome. One day he's going to be an adult. And he's going to be an adult that people might look down on, you know, because, you know, <laughs> he might talk funny. He might not look like them. Um, and actually in, in these past three years, I haven't really encountered much of, That I would say, but I have heard comments like, oh, well, at least he doesn't look like he has Down syndrome. And I do want people to know that that's not (laughs) that's not a compliment. Um, Because whether he looks like he has Down syndrome or not, like when you're saying those kinds of things, it's you're like you're kind of like like I don't know how to explain it, but you're kind of just like saying like, well, if he doesn't look like it, it's fine because he yeah, yeah, yeah. Like he he'll pass as like a normal person. You know, um, I hear things of like um, comments like that and, and things like he, we took him to a class like I took him to like a little gym class so he can kind of get accustomed to like being around other kids. And this little boy goes, um, I mean, we were like doing high fives and my son goes to give this um, kid a high five and he goes, I don't want to give him a high five because he looks funny. Um, and again, as a mom, too, I've come to realize that kids are kids, you know, kids kind of just do what they see at home. And their kids can be harsh. Yes, yes. Kids can be harsh, but and that in that moment, I won't lie, and I I was so mad oh, at the I'm little sure. kid. I was so upset. But then when I got in my car and I realized, you know, he's just a kid. Um maybe at home he's not taught to be accepting or maybe at home, right. you know, he hears like mean things or so he thinks that that's okay. You know, he's just mm-hmm. a little kid. Um and so those are 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 things that in life, you know, I know um, i'm going to have to deal with and like as his parents we know that we're going to have to you know work through other yeah. things um and it's it's unfortunate cuz it's almost like you have to raise him to have
1: this tough skin oh yeah you know and it, mm-hmm. it sucks yeah that society in our world
0: just isn't more accepting and understanding and open yeah for sure but again too i feel like now with social media and just like the world evolving it has become more accepting yeah. like there's still a ton of work to do Um, with so many things with so many yeah with everything acceptance of everything um but it definitely has helped like I've connected with a lot of not connected but I've like follow a lot of people um on social media that have like accounts with like their sibling and I'm like oh my god like this is so cool because there's so many people on there that will cheer on for like cheer them on and and be so supportive like you know there is a world out there of people that might not know emmy but that will support him one day or that will like if they see him on the street they won't look at him weird you know they won't baby talk him when he's an adult they'll see him as you know another person because that's just what he is um and so just seeing that kind of content and you know connecting with that community really has helped me a ton like our family a ton mm-hmm. because I'm always like showing his grandmas too um I think our moms had like um a rough time with it too and that was the thing when I was going through it I kind of just saw my side of it I was like I'm the only one going through this mm-hmm. and like nobody understands but I also didn't realize that you know my family was too um my mom and you know my boyfriend's mom they were both like super worried about him and so i always like to show them like look like this kid with down syndrome look at how cool he is or like look at what this kid is doing or like you know like i i love to show that to them too to kind of help them in their journey because even though i might be in a better spot i'm i don't know like if they are or i just kind of like like showing them this like feel good content to where they also see light in situations that they yeah. might be like oh you know like this is rough right mm-hmm. and
1: I think that's another reason why it's so great that you're coming on here because I think too you know not only are there so many people out there that mm-hmm. have children but like you said even siblings yeah. with with down syndrome and they might feel alone in that journey and mm-hmm. being able to hear somebody else's firsthand experience I think mm-hmm. can help a lot and obviously there also might be pregnant moms yeah. that get that news and don't know what to do yeah. because if you aren't educated and you're like I said you're hearing from a medical per, like provider person to kind of just it might be best to terminate what like you might not know anything else and yeah. you might just trust the professional yeah. and do that so yeah. i think that you coming on here sheds a completely different light of well here's what happens if you don't mm-hmm. you know what i mean or here's what can happen and here's my journey and i think that that's really important to have because it it serves as like you coming on here serves as a whole nother form of support because it it it's gonna help a lot of people. It can help them in their decision making making. It can help them in their open mindedness about everything like this. And mm-hmm. I think that's really important. Um and just to help people not feel alone or confused or it, it breaks one of the most important things of this show that I always say is I think it breaks a lot of stigmas around yeah. things, which is really important because, and and even growing up, I, I think it's really interesting that you kind of went back and mentioned about, you know, growing up in schools. And because mm-hmm. I remember that too. I like, I have a bad memory, but I remember that. It's almost like, why aren't, you know, these mm-hmm. kids with... Down syndrome or other special needs? Why are they not a part of yeah. recess and groups and not like to yeah. make it more normalized? Yeah. And, you know, I remember growing up, my mom would always tell me um, and just other people that a lot of children, whether they have autism or Down syndrome or other diagnosis, like they are some of the sweetest people, you know, and I, I think that people look past all of that and they just hear Down syndrome or they hear something and it's just like all these thoughts flood in of what were shown from society uh-huh. or what's not talked about because you don't know anything if you're not going through something you're not going to have any education on it most likely you're not yeah. going to know about it you're not going to have firsthand experience but I think that the more these things are talked about the more normalized they become and it should be normalized because why not everybody's different in their own ways right you know what I mean right. and obviously having a child or a family member with down syndrome I mean, yeah, it's going to be more challenging. You're going to face more obstacles. But like you said, it doesn't make them any less worthy.
0: No. You know, it it doesn't
1: change that at all. And I think that more people should understand that and have clarity on that. Because it is really important. Yeah.
0: And I think, too, with like Emmy, like he is just... He, he brought so much, like, light into everyone, mm-hmm. like, into our entire family. Like, just seeing, like, my little niece interact with him. Like, she's absolutely his favorite person Aww. ever. And, like, seeing kind of her um, interact with him and, and you know, like, our nieces and nephew kind of, like, learn inclusion through him. Just because, again, that's something that you don't really get taught in school. Yeah um because you know most of the time those kids are segregated and like you know they might need a little bit more help with like writing their name or like you're learning to do certain things but like why why still can't they just be included into everything else and like i guess you could call it the the rest of the population in school
1: with recess with
0: lunch whatever like with whatever try to
1: include them where they can be included for sure
0: and and that's another thing too that like now with emmy starting school um, because he aged out of early intervention um, that's like another journey too that I'm like I'm so scared of but I know he's gonna do fine like I yep. think I'm gonna be the one that struggles a Well, with absolutely. It more and
1: I think that that's so normal mm-hmm. and as a parent you're always gonna want to protect and shield your child no matter what
0: oh yeah um,
1: and I think that everything is a journey no matter what but I think that it already seems like you are so strong about everything and you're doing your absolute best to prepare yourself and I'm sure him and that's all you can do. <laughs> you know? That's literally all you can do. Yeah. Like you're doing the best you can yeah. and I think by speaking about this, you're not only doing it for, you know, your child but for so many other families as well. Like you're you're like this voice to try to open up a whole new, you know, a whole yeah. new community. Like you are a voice of that community yeah. and I think that that's so important and special.
0: <laughs> thank you you're welcome it is it it's, really is it's definitely rough it's definitely I'm rough sure. but i again like it just being able to connect with like other parents has really helped me a ton and i remember you know sitting in my room sometimes crying because i didn't hear you don't hear a lot of the stories of like you know this is how difficult it was but if this can help like another mom that you know just received a, a diagnosis or you know is you know received any kind of diagnosis and it's going through the tough moment of like accepting it and working through it. Like if this can even help like one mom, like it will, It like hopefully it can. Yeah. Because I remember, you know, like needing that so badly and not seeing it. So yeah.
1: No, I I think it's (laughs) incredible. And I think that obviously the way that you describe your experience and journey, like it's so... Look, I felt like it was so positive and and great because I feel like you really you shared your dark moments, which everybody has those, Mm -hmm. you know, and then you share the positive, which it comes with anything in life. And it's so important. But your son is so lucky to have you really. And I think you did such an incredible job. At sharing everything and I think it takes I always help people it takes a lot of strength and courage to come mm-hmm. on here and and obviously like you said you still cry about it like yeah. which is normal yeah but it takes a lot of vulnerability and strength to come on here and share like this is what I was told this is how I felt like literally every step through the way and it, it you're you're incredible you you couldn't have done a better job seriously you did <laughs> thank incredible you. thank you for you're awesome <laughs> and you're so strong seriously great thank job thank you of course